This is Amy Rudat, Director of Content for ELA for the organization Unbound Ed. And this is David Abel. I'm the Chief Academic Officer for English Language Arts for the organization Unbound Ed. I'm here with Diana Letty and Judson O'Dell, who I'm going to now ask to introduce themselves. I'm Diana Letty. I'm a co-founder of the Vermont Writing Collaborative and a teacher for 30 years. Elementary. I'm Judson O'Dell. I'm a founder and Chief Executive Officer for Odell Education. Thank you for being here with us today. Both of you have embraced research as a pivot point in the Common Core. Why is research so important for students? I like the way the Common Core approaches research because I feel like it's it's a shift that is less to do with more rigorous expectations, but in my mind it's more appropriate expectations for what literacy means and where we are now. Research is one of the areas where I think things have actually changed, that the old research projects and objectives that we had when we were in school and the foundation on which most of our understanding of research teaching is still, still finds itself has shifted, and now information is all over the place. And when I did research, my research project, I went to the library and picked out the four books on beavers. That doesn't happen, and it, it, it's not... It's not a realistic research project these days, and it's not what our students have in front of them. They have unlimited amount of information in front of them uh, at any time. So the, the, what needs to be taught around research is different from what it was with us. There are some things about organization that are the same, but now it's more about uh, assessing sources that of a variety of information that you're, that you're able to get immediately about asking the right questions uh, so you know what to look for because search engines will produce lots of things for topics and a lot of times you need to know what sort of questions you want to ask. So I think research is an area where things have changed significantly and it's not just getting more rigorous, it's not just having to do with gaps. We need to have new ways to think about how to teach research to students because their life is different from ours now and the objectives are even different. And I think that Common Core does a good job of reframing things about I really like their title you know researching to deepen understanding that again the old models of uh, finding a thesis and then and then finding books to support that have shifted now and and the Common Core has stated that even in their sort of titles and their subtitles about the idea is to deepen your understanding on a topic through asking questions through assessing sources that you might one day come to a position and a, and a an evidence-based perspective on it but the the goal is uh, a deepened understanding through inquiry, which I think is uh, it's, I'm excited about, actually. Yeah, I am as well. Um, it's that idea that you were talking about of creating understanding, that you're taking bits of information and putting them together in ways that make meaning. As you were saying, when we were younger, we would go and just find a bunch of facts about beavers, and there it was. We'd list them out on the paper and draw a picture to go with it, and, and, and that's valuable. It's always important to have knowledge, but the Common Core takes it to the next step and says put that knowledge together and turn that into understanding, and then communicate that understanding to other people, and we all need to be able to do that just about in everything we do in life. Even for elementary school students? Even for, maybe especially for elementary the youngest. school students. What about those who can't read? They, How do they do research? When you hear the word research, 
it can be terrifying. We think about research, we think about index cards, and we think about kids bent over with pens and, and gathering facts. And instead, we need to think about new ways for students to take in information, the very youngest students, and new ways for them to record that information, and new ways for them to express that information. So for example, um, at a kindergarten level, kids will benefit from having a text read to them, a complex, rich text or two or three um, about the topic that they're learning about. And they'll also benefit from a teacher modeling. How do I gather information? I have these questions that I need to answer. How do I gather information from that text? Now, our kindergartners can't access the index cards. So what we're going to go with is a different form of note-taking that may involve drawing a picture or choosing a picture from the text or sometimes even using concrete objects to represent the information that we find. And then students need some help in making sense of that information. Just because you have information doesn't mean you understand it, doesn't need, mean you know how to put those connections together. So there again, you think about developmentally appropriate practice. If my notes are in the form of pictures that can be moved around and talked about and sorted and combined in different ways, I can put a group of kindergartners around a table with their notes and they can move things around and try out ideas and see what connections are there. They can talk to each other while they're doing it, which is a huge factor in young students making sense of information. So those notes become manipulatives. They actually become manipulatives of thought and when students can move them around physically, they can do kinds of thinking that we honestly thought they couldn't do before. And then they need some help in communicating what they found out. And there again, support in what kind of organization you use to be able to make your ideas clear to other people, what kind of language structures you might use to express the particular ideas that you want to express. Every domain has its own language and its own syntax that students need to learn. So all of that taught young means that kids have a way to access knowledge. They learn that when I want to know something, I know how to go out and find that. I know how to make sense of it. I know how to communicate it. And you're never too young to start doing that. I like what you said about manipulatives, if I could even say that word, because that's something that we worked on in our curriculum is gone are the days of index cards. And the, even the information doesn't lend itself necessarily to index cards. So how do you support comprehension and making meaning across a variety of texts that you've found and analyzed for different reasons in ways that can support comprehension across those texts? So we try to develop some systems that students could both internalize and use as a process for recording and thinking about information that's organized in a way that they it supports their synthesis. So it actually can show what they don't know or what they do know. How does the information from this text support my understanding of this text? And how do those two together support my understanding of my general inquiry questions? That We worked a lot on thinking about at your level where we've got pictures at, at a grade 6 through 12 level where we're talking about bits and pieces of evidence that relate to our questions across multiple sources and how actually those things can support comprehension across those texts if they are sort of organized in, in, a, in a systematic way, in a way that's collected, you know, 
I think for me, one, one thing when I did research, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of those systems. So often I would go through my research, and then when I came to my paper or whatever I wanted to write, I had to go back and recreate my pathway through. I think what we've been trying to do is help students along that way, because as they collect and organize information, now across diverse formats, that will help them as they come to a new text. And then when they come to the end of their process and they have to produce a product or or have a perspective, they can they have that sorted for them in ways that can support their, their writing or their speaking and their and their making meaning. That for me I, I was trying to help students not experience what I experienced where you get to the end and you're like, oh that I think I know something. Where did I find that? Where did that go? And actually collecting and organizing along the way has multiple benefits that we've been working on. So you're managing a process in a way. Yeah, it's a process. And so, again, it's a process that, that I see in, in the Common Core that's sort of reversed. It's not a process that you have, you know what you want, and you go to seek to support your position. It's a process that you go to deepen your understanding about a topic that's important to you and that you're interested in. So the, the process is a, it's more open-ended. It's more inquiry-based, that I have these questions that I, about a topic that I, that I want to know. And uh, it leads me in these directions. And as I synthesize and collect that information, I come to a rich understanding. It's not a process that starts, starts with an idea or a thesis and then it, you, you seek support for it. It's a, it's a deepening of your understanding through an organized process. I remember when we did this work, we came up with uh, productive curiosity as, as, right. as the phrase that, you know, we've, we want to nurture students' natural curiosity that they have, and we have, we want to engage them in topics and things that they're interested in that they actually want to explore and deepen their understanding, but teach them some some things to think about and processes, ways to ways to make that curiosity productive in certain settings. So when they get to the end, they have they have a body of of collected material that can help them communicate that effectively to their peers or to their teachers or to their families. In, in conversations that we've had recently with literacy experts and with folks on the cognitive science spectrum, there's been a lot of a conversation around building knowledge and the importance of building knowledge in literacy and, and comprehension. The, the kind of knowledge building that you're describing sounds almost independently driven. Where does that sort of fit into this sort of big picture around building student knowledge? I think it can be a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, independently driven, but I know that with younger students that it often needs to be modeled first. Sure. So they need to see how it's done. More importantly, they need to know what it feels like to really go out and experience this somewhat messy process of gathering information and making sense of it and having that be successful so that they get that end result of, of really knowing and understanding. And then they can eventually you know, move on to independence. So, for example, the research packs that we just designed lead students through a series of research experiences. Right now it's a series of three. Not that three is a magic number, but that's just what we hit on. Students will engage in research around a certain topic. They start with a very highly guided, teacher-guided experience so that they can be successful and understand and have some of the tools that they need. Their second research experience is supported by peers, so they do it together in a group, so there's still some support there, but it's that one step removed away from the teacher. And then the final research experience is independent. Mm -hmm. And at that point, kids really have the tools they need to be successful. We don't want kids to falter. 
at least not at first. We want them to have what they need to be able to do what we're asking them to do because that's what makes them want to do it more. So having those early experiences, especially when they're very young, be successful is really, really important. And I think too often we forget what a complex process this is and we don't put those supports in place. And then when students don't like the research or they're frustrated by it, we wonder why. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can avoid that process by making their earliest experiences guided, supported, successful, and then they have the process and the skills that they need to be able to have later experiences more independently. Yeah, I would add, uh, I think what I'm getting from what you're saying here is the idea of setting students up for success, especially around things that might lend itself to more individual pathways, that it's here is where it's especially important that they succeed in those, and, and success defined by one, their own experience, but also by the productive nature of what they're doing. We studied this very closely when, when we wrote our research unit, that there is a difference between the sixth grade expectations and the seventh grade expectations, and it really isn't until the seventh grade expectations in the Common Core, as they've articulated them, that the independence is pushed. In sixth grade, I think it's still the model that as a, as a class, you're, you're working through this. And a lot of the sources have been sort of pre-provided by the, the teachers, but you're working together. And at this point, it's a lot of the instruction is around seeing a text as a source, not just as a text, but as a source that comes from a particular author or organization that has a perspective and it's giving me information about something that I need to know about. It's not just a text that, I've, that I'm reading for whatever reason. It's something that I need because I, I have a question. And I'm going to this source as a potential answer or potential information about my inquiry question, but I need to understand it as a piece of communication. So a lot of the sixth grade instruction is doing that collaboratively, but beginning to understand the basic pieces. And then in seventh grade, through modeling and support, they're about ready to have those first, you know, okay, so now I've, I've got my own question, now I can do some searches, but I, I, so I, I sort of know a, a process and a way to think about, you know, when I'm by myself, Googling or investigating or at the library, I can do that successfully so I'm not frustrated. Sure. So what does this process look like with students who struggle with accessing text independently as they get older, fourth to, you know, 10th grade, 12th grade? and they can't read it. They should be able to read fluently, but they can't. How does this process change? Well, Diana talked a lot about collaboration, and I think here's where we've sort of designed our materials that if the, the entire class is working around a general topic and then each of them have chosen a, a broad wide topic, like water or the relationship between animals and humans, or like these broad topics that, as a class, they can have some central sources, and but then each each student breaks out into a particular area of investigation based on her interests. But still, there's there's support along the way, and and as they share and talk, they're all the knowledge that's shared and the vocabulary and the concepts they can learn from each other and support their own comprehension. So if, as the entire class sort of investigating different areas around a single topic, they're supported with the similar. Uh, concepts and vocabulary, and then a lot of the activities can be done collaboratively. There is room for uh, research teams to, to become experts in certain things and share, share that with the class. Um, there's a lot that, can, that can be done that way. And then there is time that they can test themselves in, in an independent setting. Um, but having been supported with lots of 
background knowledge already from where the class is already uh, explored in that in that topic. You know, we think a lot about text complexity and text difficulty, but a lot of our measures of complexity don't take into account for what had may have come before. So you look at a text that's sort of judged at this complexity level based on its words and, and its syntactical structures. But if students already know a lot of those words because they've been read in earlier texts or in discussion, then they're actually less complex. So they, they, they know those words, they know those concepts, they have a rich background for that. That has to be done over time, you know, over a course of a month if you work on a topic and you've multiple texts. So a lot of those texts are less complex for them because they're supported by lots of knowledge now in an area of the, uh, the topic. So we've talked a lot about the, the idea of building knowledge. It's an important concept in, in educational reform right now. And I think one, one of the ways that I've thought about this is in some ways you can't teach some of the skills or some of the techniques or go in certain directions with students because they lack so much knowledge that they can't make meaning of texts. But you can, you can carve out little areas where the class has built a zone of knowledge and they can all work on in that zone. So as people like to talk about leveling the playing field by having very general things, I like to level the playing field within a protected context of a class where you're working on a significant topic where for a month you are all building knowledge and then you can do things on week three that you can't do on week one with analytic things uh, with synthesizing information, things done independently, because through that month they've all built some knowledge about this. So they can access much, much more complex texts, they can have complex analytic discussions and comparative discussions. They couldn't have done that in week one, and they might not, still might not be able to do that about a bunch of things outside of that context, but at least you can get some practice of this is what analysis is. This is what literacy yeah. is within this sort of zone of the knowledge that we've built. And prior knowledge that some kids may have will not necessarily be an advantage because they're all in that zone yes. together learning about hydrofracking yeah. or, or whatever. And, and that's a really important concept um, that you brought up, Judson, that we all know that students really, you know, students bring a lot to school and they bring a lot of background knowledge, we call it to school, you can build that background knowledge. You can intentionally in your classroom build the knowledge that before we took for granted and some students came in with it and some students did not. So if you're intentional about working deeply with a topic, you build that culture where all of your students know things. and. It is easier to read a more difficult text when you've got some basic concepts and vocabulary under your belt. And we find that kids can read and understand texts that we didn't think they could read before because that knowledge base is being built. And it's being built in a way that students can talk to each other, can share with each other um, lots of other ways that we normally process information. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. 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 <laughs>